And we're joined by Preet Banerjee. It's time for the morning brief. And Preet, I have some high praise to share with you. Somebody wrote in and said, I'm writing to tell you my company hosted an event for clients last week in which we invited one of your pundits, Preet Banerjee, to talk to our clients about artificial intelligence and behavioral finance. It was an absolutely amazing presentation. Our clients loved it. They were glued to his every word. So there you go. Oh, There's some God. nice praise. Yeah. That is so nice. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Uh, it means a lot. Yeah. yeah thanks. Well, we're happy nice to have to you. My day. We're happy to have <laughs> you here. And obviously, uh, you know, a lot of our pundits, I think, do presentations and host events and stuff like that. And I guess, you know, having a good personality and an amazing knowledge is very helpful. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that, John. Okay, so let's talk about some of the day's big stories. Actually, let's start with car thefts, because as I was pointing out just a couple of minutes ago, this impacts us all. Yes, so far this year, almost 10,000 cars have been stolen, but last year, insurance companies paid out $1.2 billion in the province of Ontario, and that's all about our premiums. Yeah, absolutely. Because as the cost of funding those claims goes up and up because of more stolen vehicles, that gets pooled onto everyone. And so the insurance premiums go up substantially. And it's just another thing that has gone up in price markedly. And we're talking double digit percentages for a lot of people's insurance premiums. So that is a huge weight on people's pocketbooks, which are already burdened by the cost of living having gone up so much and the cost of carrying debt gone up so much. And, you know, it's funny. I had a motorcycle stolen uh, from an underground secured garage in a condo building. And when I told security about it, they said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's been happening a lot lately. It's just so <laughs> feels so commonplace for them. Yeah. And uh, it makes me miss my old standard transmission cars. It's the best anti-theft device today <laughs> is a standard, you know, manual transmission because no one can drive them anymore. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of young people now don't even know how to drive any kind of car. But back in the day when I had a standard transmission, I remember going to a golf course and none of the kids who were there to <laughs> jockey our cars knew how to handle a stick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Toronto Mayor Olivia Chow is going to be on our show at 8.05 this morning. The reason for her appearance, although we'll talk about a lot of things, I'm sure, is that the feds have ponied up $1.2 billion to build rental units in the city of Toronto. It's a drop in the bucket, but it's good news. Yeah, yeah, it's a step in the right direction. But, you know, the estimates as to the total deficit in rental housing countrywide uh, were pegged at around 120,000 units by 2026 by one of the big five banks uh, analysts. And that was a couple of years ago. So it might be even worse now, given the changes in immigration levels and population growth. So if this federal program is hoping for 71,000 units countrywide by 2027, 2028, that alone isn't enough. Um, and with interest rates being higher, you know, other builders are looking at non-subsidized financing and their rates being higher. And they're saying, well, why are we going to build when it's so expensive to build? So subsidizing those costs with, you know, lower interest rate special loans is great, um, but it's part of a multi-pronged approach. So this alone isn't going to solve it, but you can't do without this either. All right. So what do you make? of the idea of heritage preservation for the Brass Rail, which is one of Toronto's classic strip houses. I, I have to wonder, I mean, does this involve the, the city having to preserve the place even if it goes out of business? 
<laughs> well, that's a good question. You know, I, I'm wondering, is this the most appropriate way to sort of keep it in people's memories? You know, if that is the whole point, that is, is this is part of Toronto's story over the decades, uh, you know, is heritage status necessarily the way to go? Uh, maybe just a statue, although I don't know what that statue would be. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's just relegated to, no pun intended, oral histories, <laughs> as opposed to designating it a heritage status building, because I don't know what that would also accompany with that. So does that mean that there's certain protections on that building? And and I mean, that's an issue when it comes to what do we do with buildings in the city and, and our affordability crisis. So I think it's possible to keep in mind the history of the brass rail, uh, but I don't know if it needs to be a heritage building. Yeah, I will confess I've never seen the inside of it, and I don't know if you're willing to admit that you have. I have been there, yes. All right. <laughs> the thing that always cracks me up about uh, strip clubs is their pretensions to classiness. You know how the, the bartender will be wearing a bow tie and fake cuffs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think anyone who's worked on Bayshi in the last 25 years, they've all been there. If they told you they haven't, they've lo they're lying. Okay. Uh, Toronto-born hockey player is presumed to be the person who's accused um, of manslaughter in the on-ice death of a player. Um, this I, I know in the past people have faced charges, but it was usually because they cold-cocked a guy in the back of the head with their fist, mm -hmm. not because their skate flew up and, and hit their neck. Yeah, exactly. I haven't seen the video of the incident. I've only heard description of it. But, uh, you know, any sports accident, um, you know, accidents can happen and that that could be fatal. And I think the issue is, as you said, whether or not it was intentional or not, like slashing someone's face because you're angry in the moment is totally different than, you know, an awkward fall where someone gets cut with a blade. Um, and especially in a sport like uh, you know, hockey, where there's a, a higher level of danger than I would think than some other sports. But it, it's a little bit different than, for example, Formula One. Um, there was a legal issue. One of the most famous race car drivers ever, Ayrton Senna, he died in a crash. And there's actually, I think it was like a 10-year-long uh, legal investigation as to who was responsible for it because the steering column apparently broke. And so the designers were put on trial as to, you know, negligence as in, in terms of the technology. But that's also different because that's a sport where the engineering is evolving every week. And there's a balance between speed and safety that they're always back battling with. Whereas with hockey, hockey skates, that technology, I'm sure there's a lot of people who work in that field are like, no, no, we, we make innovations all the time. But it's relatively simple technology. So this is something that tragically happened. Um, I think it's very likely that this was just one of those fluke incidents. It doesn't sound like there was ill will. Meanwhile, Justin Trudeau and Benjamin Netanyahu are exchanging barbs on X, formerly known as Twitter. I find this curious because Justin Trudeau's position is largely the same position of Joe Biden, but apparently Netanyahu wants to pick a fight with Trudeau. Yeah, because you can, because Canada, you know, is just not as, doesn't carry as much heft as the U.S. So, um, you know, I think that's one of the main reasons why this exchange uh, has happened, because it's politically less of a big deal uh, for Netanyahu. And unfortunately, um, Trudeau's become a bit of a punching bag, because he can be compared to the U.S. And uh, what do you make of Amtrak saying that they might want to hook up Toronto to Chicago? It's a disused rail corridor. Um, Via says, yeah, maybe. I would be all for this. I think this would be absolutely fantastic 
because rail is such a great way to travel, at least in, in Europe, in the UK, where trains move quick um, and it's a very established rail system. It's a great way to see different parts of a country. And, you know, it wouldn't be Toronto to Chicago without any stops. I think you'd actually have the ability to see other communities along the way. Great way to actually physically see the country. And I think over here, they're actually considering if there is a city that's within a two-hour flight, they're going to ban short-haul flights and say you have to take the train. Now, I don't think the infrastructure in Canada for rail is good enough to do that. But, you know, if we built some more, I think more people would use it gladly. You know, you're absolutely right, though, about European rail. I remember I went from Manchester, England, to Aberystwyth, Wales, and it involved three different connections, but it was like taking a subway. You would get out of one train, and five minutes later, the other train would arrive. Yeah, it's so civilized here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. That's Preet Banerjee. And, uh, yeah, if you didn't notice the slip. Preet's in London. Sounds great, but he's actually across the pond. 